Miss Lish Fayer, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to having you here today because every time I've seen you, young lady, you have been like a bubbly breath of fresh air. If that was a brand, I would buy it. <laughs> Lish Fayer, bubbly you breath have of fresh, fresh air. air. That's exactly what you are. And for my audience who may not know who Lish is, if you're in Canberra, you definitely know she is an ABC Canberra radio breakfast presenter. But more than that, she's got an, an exquisite career because she's been an ABC radio presenter, but that's not how it started. It all started with science. It started working in um, what I might call Questacon. And for those who don't know what Questacon is, it is a, a, an activity, science activity hub. Yeah, the hands-on science centre to try and yeah. make science uh, engaging and interesting and understandable for people who might think just science is this cerebral yes. pursuit. Like it's literally going, just try this out and you will have that aha moment. Uh, you go, oh. Yes. I get oh, so and then it might just um, hook you into a lifetime of curiosity and wow. answering questions, just quest for questions. I, I wish you were my science teacher. Jeez, <laughs> well, Louise, that sounds amazing. I want to do science now. Yeah, they were. It was a fabulous place to cut my teeth. So yes, okay. that's where I I started. So now, no, so that's what's interesting. So I have asked you to come on today because your career has been unconventional. You've gone from science communicator to working at Questacon. Um, a science hub and then becoming a radio presenter. And so those are what I say science, three different careers. Now, could you take me to the very beginning? Take me to when Lish was now – I know you've grown up on a farm. You love making um, experiments. So you went and got a science degree? I was wondering what I was going to do when I was a young kid. I, okay. I loved just mucking about on the farm. I'm an introvert, which I don't think is unusual no. for a, a, a radio presenter. It's interesting oh. that later. But so I just loved being on the farm okay. by myself, riding my horses, pottering about with my mum in the kitchen, making things, making messes. Uh, I went to boarding school because we were lived quite a long way from the, my school. It was mm -hmm. an hour and a half bus trip each way wow. on the bus. So, clink, 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 clink. so <laughs> and then it was further for high school. So <laughs> boarding school was it. And so I'd just come home and really sort of relish in being um, on the farm. Loved it. Uh, then that sort of growing up, a lot of curiosity for kids on the mm. land. I think it's just sort of time spent maybe in your head, but also okay. asking questions. And I enjoyed science, but I wanted to be a dietitian. Have you ever done um, something that you thought, oh, this is going to be the the bee's knees and mm. so you do a little bit of work mm. experience? Yeah, you think, no, nah. yeah, no thanks. <laughs> you did, so you, we went and worked experience as a dietitian. Yeah, well, I just worked, which is never going to be the true thing. You know, I worked yeah. in a old uh, an aged care facility oh. and <laughs> poor – Poor people, they were just having to have their salt cut out of their diet. And I went, oh, it's not much not much else other than looking forward to food and a few yeah, games and gee, visits from folk. Life, and, yeah. you know, so I thought food is so important to people. So I thought, maybe I, that's not for me. And I know there's lots to mm, dietetics that I yes. didn't get to see. Yeah. The fact that, you know, you're on the, you're on the farm, you've got a curious Curiosity, mind. Yeah. Yes. And then I went to university and I thought I'll do science because I okay. love science. I love yeah. uh, trying to find out more. And it was were you my, good at science at school? I was good at science. I studied okay. chemistry and physics was my major. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I thought I loved science. Um, did it without any sort of guide of where I was going to go. I thought dietetics, yes, I was still the option there. Got to the end of my science degree and 
met someone called Mike Gore who was at that time he'd started Questacon and he just did one of those shows. I remember going into this lecture theatre. I could smell it now if I went into that same lecture theatre and he'd set up at a table at the front. There was a few sort of very familiar looking things, a a wooden ruler and a a newspaper and a balloon and really basic things. One unusual thing which was a bowling ball hanging from – a mount in the ceiling and it was hanging down like a pendulum and a few other little bits and pieces and he started to do this science show. Started on the science show, got a sheet of newspaper. Mm -hmm. Under the sheet, one sheet of newspaper, under the sheet of newspaper he put the wooden ruler and just sort of hanging over the edge of the table so that there was probably 30 centimetre ruler, 15 centimetres hanging over the edge of the table. And all that was on it was this sheet of paper and you'd think, okay, he's going to karate chop that ruler um, and w- normally if there was no sheet of paper on it, you karate chop it and then what would happen? Mm. The ruler would just mm. fly off the mm. table. Like there'd be, it wouldn't break because mm. it would just sort of bounce off. With this sheet of newspaper on it, you karate chop it. And because there's so much air pressure on the sheet of newspaper um, that you karate chop it and the ruler breaks in half because it's got this weight on the other end on the, on oh. the table. Suddenly I went, oh. Wow. Air pressure for every square centimetre. See, I've almost forgotten all this science that yeah. I used to do because I've moved on so yeah. far. But air pressure is incredible and you have yeah. it pushing down your body all the time. Mm. Um, anyway, so th- things like that. And he got the bowling ball, which was the other thing, and he stood on one side of the lecture theatre and he stepped back and back and back and back, pulling the bowling ball, holding it up right close to his face. So this thing, you know this pendulum is going to swing wow. onto the other side of the room and then it's going to smash him in the face when it comes back. And he said, I'm not going to move from this point. I'm going to let this bowling ball go from my nose. And he let it go and it swings right out to the other side and you think, okay. And then you watch it coming back, swinging all the way back and you think, oh, what's it going to do, Rita? What's it going to do? It's going to hit him. He, totally, in the nose. It's going to smash his teeth out. <laughs> no, because... Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred or transformed, as I learnt. Oh, wow. All my science degree years, I'd never learnt this. So literally, the bowling ball just misses his nose. No. Just, just, just doesn't even come – it just misses it because it's moved through the air. It can't gain energy. He hasn't wow. pushed it. He's just let it go. And wow. through that, it's just swung back and hasn't gained any more energy, so it's not going to hit him in the face. Oh, it was just – Brilliant. And I thought, that's what I want to do. And this guy was running courses. Um, It was a year-long course called the Questacon Science Circus and you joined up. Science Circus. Oh, yeah. It's literally running away with a science circus. Wow. Uh, It was a year on the road with a semi-trailer full of these sort of science demos that you then learnt science communication at the ANU. You could do the um, practical component travelling around to the science circus around Australia. And I went, I am in. Wow. So I applied and didn't get in for several years. Oh, my God, no. you're kidding me. No, because it's it was highly sought after. And okay. I um, I went and travelled and did all that thing. I worked in French ski resorts, cooking okay. and riding my bike around Europe, eating cheese oh, nice. and doing various other mm. things, working mm. in, you know, Greek sailing resorts, every year applying. Every and year. I think I applied for three years and on the third year I got in. You got in. Wow. And it was what you expected? Oh, the best year of – well, I could say the best year of my life, but it, there's so many good <laughs> oh, years. But, it, nice. but in terms of a, a great experience of mm. learning, of wonderful team, um, of mind-blowing experiences, but also knowing oh, that's what I want to do. That, that, ah. That's 
that's the skill set I've got. Um, I enjoy people. I, I, I love science. I'm curious. I love these science demonstrations and yeah. seeing that little click that goes on in mm. people's brains that go, oh, Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I get it. Why? I get it. Yeah. yeah. So that the, now being a, a newly grad and then going for something like that obviously is a dream because you're not sitting behind a desk as a researcher in a lab somewhere. You're actually in the midst of things, making science people and making that alive, three dimensional. I was the worst scientist. I just love scientists that can work um, in, in a lab. I did biochemistry, which is yeah, you have to get things. You have to be accurate. Okay, yeah. Most science, yeah. you have to be accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly. But I, there's these things called pipettes that measure a tiny little bit of fluid and you'd have to do the pipetting and I'd say, oh, that doesn't look like enough. Oh. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'll just put a little squirt more in. <laughs> just a little bit more, a little bit more. Little bit. Then amazed that the results didn't okay. match up to everyone else's. <laughs> So then you're at Questacon now. You, How long did you work at the circus for? It was a year uh, program on okay. a scholarship and it still runs. So if people are listening. Seriously? It still runs and it's fantastic. It's been running for around 30 years, um, maybe even longer now. And is the founder still around? No, sadly he died last oh. year. Oh. But uh, and and just that he was the greatest man. Like a, just like a... to start Questacon, then to start this program, saying you know we can take this all around Australia. No kid will be without science wow. and hands on science. It was a right up to Indigenous communities and every rural and remote town would get a visit from the science circus. And oh. what was amazing, Rita, is that I learned. You know, I would go back to Questacon. Even now, I love going to Questacon, and occasionally you meet someone who saw us um, yeah. and has gone on to a career in science or engineering oh, or maths. Oh, my God. Saw me. They said, I think you came to my school and did the <gasps> slime show. And I oh. Went, yeah. so, That's magical. So, yeah. So that it, it, you hear those stories that have had an impact, you know, mm. when you think, oh, you know, it's just a stun and run visit. Yeah. But it, there's, there's kids in that Long audience. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. And I'm just interested about the circus, the Questacon Circus. How was it funded? To How did the gentleman fund it to get all this happening? That's right. And that was the big thing because it was very costly and it was a scholarship program. So yeah. we were paid a stipend yes. to do it. It was funded initially then by Shell. Um, oh. Yeah. So that they they put a lot of money into okay. funding the science circus. That's dropped now. There was um, for for various reasons. Okay. I don't know what's behind that. But so Shell funded it for. And what would they get out of it? Like just sponsorship, just brand wills, social goodwill. I okay. suspect. Okay. But, it's very interesting and, because in the entrepreneurial world, yeah. how do you get the funding to do something? This is the big thing because, and then they they really struggle. I think there's so much um, competition now for. Okay that dollar. Yeah. Because there's a lot of expense like the science equipment, getting you guys there, accommodation, oh. transfers, food, yeah, a little it's bit of money. Bit, yeah. The, it, it, it was a hugely costly wow. um, program to run and schools even then would pay for us to come to do science shows. So oh. I don't know the all, I don't know all the back end yes, because yes, then yeah. I went on to work as a coordinator with the science circus for four years running the touring program. Okay. I loved so, it so much. So you stayed in one location and just organised calendars? Is that no, what it No, I went out. Oh, it's the oh. best. So I went out and organised the, the touring program. So I went around Australia and would <gasps> sort of line it all up oh. and then travel with the students as well and be there. You know, I guess their show on the road. Oh my goodness! Get the show on the road and look after them. Okay, um, as much as you could look after a bunch of young, enthusiastic science <laughs> graduates. 
try and create a really good. So you were their teacher. You were like their supervisor. A supervisor, yeah. yeah. And, okay. and, and teaching them science communication. So there was a truck driver and I. Okay. And we would get we would go out on the road and wow. Yeah, and staying in caravan parks, and I'd try and organise adventures to the side. Like, oh. but then after four years, you lose the yes, enthusiasm yeah. Yeah. a little bit, and you're a bit tired, and that's not the best for anyone. Yeah, you know, you, this is the, the one of the greatest years of my life. I want to make it the greatest year theirs, of yeah. theirs as well. Yeah. So. Moved on. And when you say science communication, I'm really enthused about that word. What do you mean by science? Is that just learning how to speak science so that a general public can understand? Yes, yeah, speak, write, um, enthuse people about science. So okay. it can go from a policy level um, and just making clear uh, communications so that people can understand the importance of science and why we have to get science funded, uh, okay. as well as then prioritising science, understanding science, putting a okay. lot of trust in science. And I think we saw it certainly in the pandemic, this real yeah. trust in science and scientists. Mm. Um, before that, with climate change, we didn't have that trust in our science or our scientists delivering us that news. It's really, it was a really interesting shift. Yeah. Uh, but so science communicators are used, yeah, at a policy level, okay. um, in research, um, scientists learn uh, great communication skills so that they can share their science but also then attract more funding right. because a lot of it, if you are a great communicator, that really helps you. Yeah, oh, for sure. Your science for sure. Uh, and your research and your so when you went and did the science degree, did you think you were going to become a scientist? Is that what the, the goal was? No, I don't think ever to be a scientist, a lab scientist. It was to be a dietitian mm. or something, oh, so you know, it was or something in, the, in, the in the health there, profession. I, the health profession. I thought there might okay. be something that I – a bit more of an applied science. Okay, okay. So you've gone – you've graduated. You've become the one-year scholarship at the uh, Questacon Circus. You've become a four-year coordinator. And then what happens? And in between that I travelled around I, and do, doing science. I went to the Edinburgh Science Festival and worked there for a couple of years um, I did a great thing I arrived you know sunny Australians <laughs> they arrive don't they a, I'm here that's right in a, so I arrived in the middle of winter in Edinburgh and they I walked oh, into the wow. office at the Edinburgh Science Festival and said great hand <laughs> or oh, you and your sunny life affirming positivity <laughs> so excuse the bad Scottish accent but the, my first job yeah. they said oh but you wait oh. one winter and you'll be like the rest oh. of us hen. <laughs> I mean, oh, okay. Oh, thank you. And were you? I, I lasted a couple of years before. Definitely, I got okay. very dark inside. Okay. <laughs> I was solar powered, Lish. She ran out of juice. But um, I, my first job, I said, "Right, we've got this giant nose, Lish." Oh. And I said, "How big's your nose?" Um, they went, "Oh, it's about six meters tall." And basically, we've designed it so you can take a tour of the nose and the lungs oh. and everything. And so we but we need a show written about it. So okay. I, I had written a lot of science shows to try and make science really engaging, whether it's just a demonstration yeah. show wow. or with other things behind you know, you, you might bring a character in and anyway, so we wrote this show called Up Your Hooter. Up Your Hooter, <laughs> which basically involved Agent Bogey and Dastardly Fag um Talking about the respiratory system, trying to discourage kids from smoking. Okay. Talking about the yeah, it was fabulous. So that's what I started. Cut my teeth on nice. and world on the world stage <laughs> in Edinburgh. In a in jar. And so what happened that those kids would climb up the nostril, one nostril, that's go amazing. inside. And, you know, Edinburgh, the home of the most incredible arts festival, wow. the Fringe. And then they'd take a tour of this lung out the back, and then a meat dastardly fag who'd try and encourage them to smoke and get 
you know, yeah. disgusting, dirty, tar-filled lung, but then they'd go and see a fresh, healthy lung and hopefully, you know, wow. uh, do the alveola, the air exchange, yeah. and then go out and be sneezed out into a giant handkerchief. Ew. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> so you're going down a slippery dip, I imagine. Slippery, no, slippery dip. And then because it was all very low budget, um, oh, the slippery sounds dip. Sounds like high budget to me. Yeah, I know. It's it a lung. There's a lot of love. Uh, <laughs> but but there's, um, this slippery dip is a piece of poly pipe cut, cut in half. And what happened? A lot of polyester pants on um, poly pipe create a lot of friction and okay. static. Um, and so every kid that, like, you'd see them hit the, the <laughs> there'd be like an arc of sparks oh, coming no. off every child's bottom as they hit the. Oh, cute. <laughs> anyway, fabulous fun. Wow. And taught me that anything is possible. You have an idea. You can do stuff. That's like, amazing. They were the most yes organisation I've ever worked for. That's Just fabulous. You know, that reminds me of ha- Healthy Harold. Do you remember Healthy oh, Harold? Yeah. Wasn't it a giraffe? Gira- it was a giraffe. Yeah, I remember going there, but that was Healthy Harold was talking about wellness. We didn't get to explore, but I just remember Healthy Harold. I remember the character that talked about wellness. And I can only imagine actually exploring inside the body. Oh, that would just be next level. Another thing they did one year, the science festival, was they set up a large swimming pool, filled it with Epsom salts and tried to recreate the Dead Sea. Oh. So you could go in, in your togs, and then just experience um, incredible buoyancy. Why don't they do this here? Uh, Come on. But but that's one person thinking, we can do this. We can show people how this works. It takes a lot of energy and pushing Mm. and overriding sometimes. Um, And just having endless enthusiasm, like energy to drive something like this. That's the key, endless enthusiasm. Mm. Okay. And so once you did that and then how did your career switch? Um, So then I I returned to Australia, did the coordinating of the science circus for Mm -hmm. four years thinking, okay, I'll better get home. Home now, mm. and I was going to do, uh, work as a teacher. I thought, oh, done my science communication. I'll okay. go and teach yeah. because I love science, and yeah. this is just wonderful. But my boss at the Edinburgh Science Festival, he said, "You know what, Lish, um, you'd be a great teacher, and I think teaching needs you. But actually, uh, you're a wonderful science communicator. Yeah. So stay communicating science. Why don't you just try?" And I applied for the job with Questacon and got it. So then that was another four years of that until I ran out of steam. (laughs) (laughs) And and then uh, I spent a little bit of time just working with Questacon in their new concepts department, which is like a whiteboard. It's the alchemy department of Questacon where you just come up with ideas. You can, they say, we need something that will communicate, um, you know, they'll do an exhibition on whatever it was, Mm. spiders or Mm. whatever. And then you would um, come up with ideas of how to, uh, demonstrate that okay. in an exhibit. Worked with some amazing minds wow. and amazing designers wow. uh, uh, and workshop people and then you would uh, create these things or so see if you could create these things. Anything was possible. Again, whiteboard. Anything was possible. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's very rare in I a work environment. Well. Anything is possible. Just mm. that slogan mm. there. No wonder you enjoyed it. Yeah. Fabulous. And then so at what what point did you go into broadcasting? This is is it. So this is the thing. So I'll keep on working on this and then um, I I meet my husband through uh, a science experiment. (laughs) Of course you did. (laughs) And I read that you blew something at him, like something exploded or something? Yes, I was doing a pirate show for the science festival here and my pirate show character was Captain Scunge Bucket. (laughs) Uh, And basically I would end the show by 
um, have I had a potato cannon, which is a weapon, and I had to register it. <laughs> oh my goodness! As really? a weapon, it's a yeah. Certainly, it's it, it's yeah. I don't know if I'd use it now or encourage my kids to use one, but yeah. I, I basically, I would get this this potato cannon, which was a ballistics device, um, and. I would fire a potato, raw potato, at the end of it at about 100 kilometres an hour Ooh, okay. through a titanium steel-strung tennis racket. Oh. And so it would the potato would fire through the racket and yeah. it would make pirate chips. Oh. Uh, pirate chips. Anyway, so chips, potato chips. So I had this uh, cannon. I thought, oh, you know what? For this birthday party, um, I'd offered to bake the cake because I made these interactive cakes for friends, oh, so things wow. that moved and squirted and um, shook and so exploded. You're a great friend. Uh, so I said, "I'll make this cake for you," and I'll, you know. But I, I decided it would be brilliant to fire the cake out of the cannon, the potato cannon. <laughs> so earlier in the day, I had <laughs> practiced uh, to uh, not such good results, but that's another story for another <laughs> podcast. Um, but anyway, so I, I'm at this party, and um, you know, it was a birthday bush dance and I fire the scone out of the cannon, uh, hits the wall in, in this hall, like, you know, the scone is very soft so it just sort of yeah. shatters. I find a little crumb on the ground and put a candle in it and happy birthday <laughs> to you. Anyway, as it was, husband was in the audience, engineer, scientist, oh. loved the, uh, loved, well, loved the cannon oh. and. Uh, it was love at first sight from well, then on. <laughs> I don't know if it was, but he certainly you're... enjoyed the cannon. <laughs> That's amazing. So I stood out from the crowd. <laughs> finally, sure finally. Did. So that so from there I moved to Melbourne. And here's the thing. There was a little ad that came out. Do you know so many times you just think luck and chance? Yes, Rita. yes, yes, yes. Um, little ad on the on my my email mm. and just said looking for science enthusiastics, um, science communicators, educators for a new television program. Um, you must be. Uh, Energetic. You don't, didn't need to know the subject matter, yeah. but um, well, you tick those boxes. Yeah, that's right. Put in uh, a little video. So I just recorded a little mm, video mm. on my phone um, of a science experiment again and communicating something. Got an audition. Went down to Melbourne. Did the audition for a program called Carbon Cops, which was a TV show about oh. energy efficiency and climate change and reducing carbon emissions. Very relevant then. Still as relevant. Yeah. Whatever now. Yeah. Um, and got the job. <gasps> oh Another a science teacher and myself, we both became the presenters of this TV ah! show. Just again, luck and chance. I, I I'd sort of finished my time at Questacon. Yeah. I was moving to Melbourne. It was being shot in Melbourne. Jeez. I was enthusiastic and I had um yeah, I had the opportunity. To present on TV, so you had a, th and and what's TV like working in TV? I found it really interesting. Is it? Yeah. Is it like a normal workplace? Is it different? This was I don't know. I, this was my very first time of working on uh, uh, any any okay. sort of television program, and to be honest, mm -hmm. didn't even own a TV. Oh, <gasps> what? What? So I would go, they'd say, oh, you know. I know. I, I, I desperately love television, watching television, but I, we didn't own one. Hadn't really. Um, oh, good on you. So, no, only because I don't know why. I just didn't have one. I'd sort of travelled and moved and there'd been TVs in share houses. Yeah. But I don't know. Okay. Anyway, so um, it was a really interesting industry. Uh, I, I would ride my bike to the site. 
because it was energy efficiency and climate change oh and I would just ride my bike because I'm a cyclist. But they'd say, Leash, actually, can you not ride your bike? Uh, because <laughs> the problem is that you arrive and you're all sweaty and then you've got to apply the makeup and then that sort of mark on your forehead <laughs> from your helmet doesn't disappear and your hair's all funny oh. and there's no continuity. And we had to do all our own makeup. Oh, did you? <laughs> So it was, I mean, this, I don't know, I thought it was fabulous and we had a lot of fun, but it was, I, I don't know uh, how I'd go. I think I've learned a lot since being in the media <laughs> on probably how to present properly. And put makeup on. Put makeup on. <laughs> how to do uh, solid pieces to camera. Okay. How to shut up. Okay. You know, so there's yeah. a good cutting point. Yes. Um, how to look straight down the barrel, how to repeat things over mm. and over mm. and over again. Noddies, all of those things. And I. So they gave you training? No. Uh, you just learned it on the yeah, job? Yeah, learned it on the job. Okay. Um, I don't yeah. know if I – well, look, I'm, I, I was great. You no, were, I wasn't I'm myself. Sure. I wasn't myself. And I think looking back um, – the the thing that I learned from that, they said, you know, to be on television, you have to uh, you have to reduce yourself because big characters yeah. are way bigger on the little screen. So you think of Steve Irwin; oh. was, he was allowed to be big. Um, be, he wasn't, uh, but but the, I think they took a risk. They take risks okay. with people, and he probably owned that show yeah. anyway. Oh, yes, you know, yeah. so uh, when you see big characters mm, on mm. a small screen, mm, um, mm. It, it takes a lot of space up on the screen. Okay. But since then, you know, you look at. For someone like Costa from Gardening oh, Australia. Oh, yes, yes, He's yeah. big. He's just a big character. Not exactly. a big physical character but yeah. a big character. Yes. His arms out and swings <laughs> and his beard and he's fabulous. <laughs> and and that just it runs. Works. It works yeah. so well. So I, I wasn't myself and I um, I wonder how I'd do it differently now. So when you say you weren't yourself because you had to tune down yourself? Yeah. I definitely had to oh. be someone else and I don't know. Wow. Yeah, and telly, telly, you haven't got a lot of time to communicate your science or you communicate what you're trying to get across. Okay. You've got to get across the emotion. Um, yeah. And I wanted to get across some science and so did my colleague. Yes. Uh, so we would often go, no, this has to be accurate. Like we yeah. really want to get this. This bit of science has to be accurate. Mm. Um, but then getting that told in a 30-second grab, yeah. whereas you've got um, 26 minutes of other bits yeah. in there. You know, it's tricky. It's, it was a, it was a battle, but fabulous. I've just loved okay. it. And from there, so that television program was a six part series in people's homes, like an eco renovation program, okay. really. Okay. Um, and we would go into people's homes, look at what they could do um, differently to try and wow. improve their energy efficiency, reduce their oh, energy bills, and right. reduce their carbon emissions. Okay, was that on the ABC? Yeah, two thousand and seven. Okay. It was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that was it. Was great. And so from then, I became sort of, I, I guess, I, I would talk about energy efficiency on the radio. Oh, so you get invited to come and speak about it? Yeah, when they do a when okay. they when when a television program program comes out they put out a media release and they say you know available for available for an interview mm, mm, so mm. I would go and do radio interviews okay and then that's how you were discovered what's well, that yeah I got behind the microphone as a talent as an expert yeah and, and, and I was enthusiastic yeah mm. and someone said she is our next breakfast presenter <laughs> that's it that's what happened oh, I wish Rita Oh, it's no, no, no. So I again, I was available, luck and chance, okay. um, because I would, by this time I uh, I was pregnant. Um, just when the show went to air, I was pregnant, had a, oh. a baby, and um, 
and was doing these little jobs around, uh, not jobs, just doing going yeah. in and doing radio interviews or speaking about yeah. it and getting a bit of experience up. Uh, so after that, after I did a few years of just sort of speaking about it, they said, oh, actually, um, would you like to come up across the, the, the desk and try presenting rather than being the talent and talking about it? Do you, you're really enthusiastic. Do you want to try? We've got a thing called a month of Sundays at the ABC. So it was fabulous. Again, someone had an idea that said, you know what, we might meet some new presenters or find some new talent, people okay. who are um, you know, different to mm, our circle mm. and we'll train them up for a month, see how they go with presenting. So it's a godsend. Yeah. <laughs> That's a godsend, like literally. <laughs> literally. So they say, oh, okay, um, yeah, she's, she's quite enthusiastic. Okay. Uh, she speaks too fast, but she's quite enthusiastic. Oh, no. So then they trained me up in how to present, how to drive the machine. Right, like the whole the monitors, the, desk, the yeah. whole the desk. Okay. Yeah. So we, at local radio, we have our we have our wonderful studios, and we have our um, desk, and all the we, yeah. we operate it ourselves. Okay. So yeah, when I started, my boss said, "Okay, Lish, it's just like it's just like uh, driving a car. Oh. Initially, you'll be terrified." <laughs> Like driving a manual, right, yep. yeah, right. yeah, and, and but after a while, it'll okay. just become automatic, and you'll know okay. what to look out for, and bits Easy. and pieces. All look right. in your mirrors, check your buttons, <laughs> see what else everyone is doing on the road. Um, and so I tried for a month and had a wonderful producer, Mel wow. Sim, who just was so patient and just oh, guided nice. me through it all. Um, producers are the best, okay, uh, and taught me how to present. And um, so I did that for the month, and then went on to producing and. Presenting occasionally, I still remember the day I got a phone call from ABC and said, Lish, um, do you think you can come in and produce the present present the drive show? I went, ooh. Oh, oh no. why? Why? No. Terrified. Okay. So, so many listeners? So many listeners? Oh, yeah. There's, okay. You know, there's always doubt. Like I oh, sound yes. like the most confident person. <laughs> I was full of doubt, riddled with doubt, every day riddled with doubt. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah, you know? of course. So you go, there is no way I can do that. No way. So I said, yes, I'd love to. Uh, because I thought if I don't say yes to this, yeah. you know, where, when yeah. do these opportunities exactly. come about? Exactly. You just got to say yes, mm. um, you know, with mm -hmm. limit, with, with, within limits. <laughs> um, so I said, oh, great, I'd love to. And then hung up the phone. I went, <gasps> <laughs> terrified, <laughs> senseless. So I did it. Um, and then from then on, things you learn yes. every time you listen yeah. back and you learn and you mm. ask people and you um, listen to great presenters yeah. that, that are there on the radio, you know, on podcasts mm. and just think, oh, mm. how did they do that? Oh, that's a really interesting way of asking mm. or mm. I liked how they paused. You know, it's it, fabulous. So I did it and then the opportunity it just arose to just work casually. I didn't really... Um, need a full-time job because I was at home yeah. with, uh, with a baby. So I would just go in when they needed me and present or produce. Being on both sides was mm. really good as well. I, I loved the behind the scenes as much as I loved presenting, the, being on the microphone. So when you say produce, production, that's like what sources, what news we're going to present today, how long the segments are going to be. Is that what producing is? Uh, yeah, they are the they are the wheelhouse behind the presenter. The okay. presenter only looks good okay. with good producers. 
Right. Um, yeah. So a lot of lot of the time, the producers will work with the presenter. So it's a it's a really mm-hmm. intense team, and I, I think the producer presenter relationship is so important. Okay. It's not just a bum on a seat um, right. to drive the machine and to call the talent up so that they're ready for the produce the presenter to talk to. It's a it it's you have to be so economical with your words okay. when you're when you're on air. Um, certainly, and you could just be a look. Literally right. through the glass, yeah. Um, or one word, uh, or knowing how you both work and what the presenter and the audience will like to listen to and respond to, what's important for them to hear. But they are also the ideas finder and the connector and knowing people and warming people up. Really important to okay. come on radio. You want to make the the guest feel as yes. comfortable as possible, so yeah. they can share what they need to share. Um, and really connect and the producer's job as well as doing all the logistics and lining okay. things up and um, knowing everything is to make that person feel comfortable um, right. so that they will go on air and, f- and be dazzle. themselves. Razzle and be dazzle. Themselves. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. So then Breakfast Radio became your your gig for the next – so you've been doing it for 12 years. So that's – Yeah, a Breakfast Radio for three okay. um, and then before that Sunday brunch for six and then before that sort of just on and off uh, little okay. bits and pieces. Yeah. And how do you find doing breakfast? Because that's an early start for you. It's a really early start. At what time do you I'm wake up? I'm a morning up? person. Oh, I always said I was a morning person okay. but this is not morning. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what is that time. This is pre- dawn <laughs> what what time do you wake up I wake up at 3 30 okay and then I sort of bounce out of bed I do bounce now it's okay okay yeah, uh, yeah. somewhat later in the week it gets a bit grindy mm. and scratchy but bounce out of bed um have my clothes ready, ready to go, go okay. and just I was trying a uniform for a good month there where I just put on a black dress and a different something every yeah. day it's fabulous shaved Minutes off. Wow, <laughs> you're going for gold now. Yeah, I thought I'm in. I'm in radio. Why do I need to bother? But you need to bother because people come in. There's social okay. media and oh, photos. Okay. And, anyway, <laughs> um, but also you you got to feel good. Yes. About yourself. So okay. So I get dressed and uh, get out the door. Ride my bike mostly. Um, do to work. Pedal down. But That's you're not going to sweat. You're not going to sweat no. and have a mark on your face. No. <laughs> radio. <laughs> okay. uh, pedal in early morning. Uh, it gives me sort of a just a tiny bit of clear head. Yeah. I sometimes, you know, do a bit of thinking. It's like it's like um, atmospheric caffeine. Mm, just bang. Uh, get into the studio. Get uh, get into the studio about four a.m. Um, and then start looking around. So the idea mm. is you want to see what has happened overnight, what people would like to know about, what you've what you've noticed. Um, mm. And I write notes throughout the day and just. You know, even mm. today I went, oh, that's interesting. The the government has got some workers on the side of the road picking up the rubbish. <laughs> what a job and fantastic. And why do, yeah. you know, so just lots yes. of little things come, and, come into my brain. So write all that down, uh, look around, look what the news is of the day and start sort of organising the program. My producers come in at 4.30, so we have an hour okay. um, together. There's two producers and myself and we have an hour to start okay. the program that also means bringing in audio and if we have music that we want to do or if we've got guests to okay. still line up we don't like to call people too early okay. so we won't line up any guests um in in the morning until about six o'clock in is the that morning. because they don't turn up just too early yeah, oh, okay oh, hello <laughs> hello <laughs> yeah what <laughs> yeah, yeah and i'm sure probably other radio stations don't know you know you're yeah. waiting for the call but 
I'm finding now, often I say, oh, would you mind coming in at 7 a.m.? That's, you know, it's a late spot for us. We've wow. been up for hours. They say, oh, gee, that's early. <laughs> God. God. It's lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, yeah, and then we go to air at 5.30. So we're on air from 5.30 through until 8 a.m. Okay. And then, so then, then uh, so that's really interesting because you're a mum. You're an early riser. What time do you sleep of an evening? I go to bed, oh, it's, uh, not very routine, but I'd like to start winding down about yeah. 8, 8.30. <gasps> wow. Which is before the kids. I've got sort of, you know, they're, they're teenagers. So Are they? Okay, yeah, yes, so they the are. So fa- the family sort of party on and, like, okay. and I'm sort of going there with my very good earplugs. <laughs> it's a small house. <laughs> Would you have been able to do this job with younger mm. kids? No. No? I don't think – I think the demands in the morning on a family with okay. young kids because yeah. they can't – do anything for themselves yeah. apart from make a mess. Yes. They, yes. they require a lot more jollying along. Okay. So I don't think I could have. Okay. could do it casually but now it's, um, you know. Because they're like they're old enough to just look after themselves. Yeah, they, just, they get yeah. themselves up. I think that I think my husband, I've totally removed myself from all that, uh, what is it, mental load, mm. morning mental load certainly. Mm. I don't manage any of the women listening to this will go, what, you don't need to manage any of the, the school notes yeah. or understanding what's on for the day, what's packed yeah. in the bags, yeah. the logistics of the morning, like none of that. Miss it completely and it, it is so liberating. Oh, wow. You don't worry? You don't worry about no. it? You don't think about it? Oh, my no, God. It's totally you... competent and, you know, competent, confident and just, yeah, it's okay. fabulous. Okay. That was a decision you made. Yeah, and it had to be because if I'm on breakfast radio, it is very demanding for those early hours. There's no way. I could come home as soon as I get off air at 8 o'clock and do the final run around, but actually yeah. I'm, I'm a hindrance in the kitchen now. Like oh. I'm literally, get no, out, 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 because I just sort of bumble around and get things wrong. And, okay. You know, they've got systems and <laughs> I'm not invited. And you're not invited. Okay. So you finish up at 8, 5.30 to 8, and then at 8 o'clock are you like leaving to go home now because you've done your day? No. So then you get off air and it's like running a marathon okay. um, and so you get off air and it's exhausting. It's, it is exhausting. A lot of energy comes from the listeners and it's fabulous but you're okay. t- I'm, I'm – Okay. okay especially because you're an introvert. I am. Yeah, that's, and that's interesting. A lot of radio presenters I think would say they are, they get their energy from being a bit quiet or whatever it is, mm. go, you're doing exercise or some quiet activity. Uh and that's where I get mine. I still love people, love people, but mm. I get my energy back okay. from being quiet or poking about by myself. Okay. And I w- would happily be at the back of the room with the hors d'oeuvres um, yeah. or doing the washing up rather than oh, out the front really? doing really? The... Yeah, it's interesting. But I will equally rise to the challenge. Mm. Yes, as we've demonstrated. Yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so from eight, what happens? What, what's the workload? Um, then eight, you sort of debrief about the program, have a meeting, hand okay. any sort of stuff off onto other programs and news and see what the follows are. Because mm. your idea with breakfast is to – I. Um, I like to wake people up. Mm. I like to bring them a bit of hope for the day. So <laughs> give them a smile, give mm. them uh, a bit of something to talk about. Yeah. Perhaps they heard that. They oh yeah, I heard that on with Lish. Uh, also the news of the day. Okay. Um, it's quite hard because it's fast paced breakfast, yes. so we don't have a lot of time for long interviews. And mm. and people also are in and out. They're buttering toast. They're scraping yes. burnt toast. They're getting kids out of the shower and yes. trying to find the other sock. And, you know, there's so much going on in a household in the <laughs> yeah. mornings that yeah. they just hear snippets. And so you yes. want to provide a snippet. Or people are in the car in a long commute. Or mm. So at eight o'clock, we get off air, we debrief, we have a cup of tea, um, go for a walk around the block, uh, just sort of 
you're just letting it all melt away. Mm. And then you think, okay, tomorrow, what'll we do? News still has yeah. to happen, so you've got to follow the news cycle. But you also can think, okay, what what happened today that might be of interest tomorrow? Right. Always okay. thinking of the audience, thinking what what would people like to hear about? What in, what has interested us? Mm. What have we heard about when we've been out chatting with people? Mm. What have I noticed? Um, what came through was a strong sense today that we could follow up tomorrow. And then you put those into place, pull them together, think who could we speak to? Wow. Um, try and find someone a new voice, a diversity of voices to be able to represent our community and different views. Mm. So it's lots of lots of thinking. Okay. Um, you, you must do a lot of networking, do you, like as part of your role? We, we do and I, I think COVID really took us out okay. um, of that because often it's just a nice face-to-face mm. thing and so I haven't quite got back into it yet because, okay. again, uh, not a great networker. I really need to learn that skill. <laughs> But also because you sleep early. I mean, I do. I can't go out at night. That, that's when it starts. I know. <laughs> and that's when it's picking up. <laughs> we need to create another. I know there's a 5.30 a.m. club. There's a, oh, a group there? to meet at 5.30 a.m. Oh. to get stuff done. You get an enormous amount done get, if you get up early, Rita. <laughs> you do, you do. I test to that. I test it because I remember I, you emailed me this morning at, what, 4 o'clock? Oh, did I? You do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, she's got some spare time. <laughs> But I loved it. Do you, because you now produce news or you present the news, do you miss science? Not the news so much. I present sort of what's it, uh, yeah, it has to be news, a bit of news follow or, or community yes. interest, okay. local, 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 local. Yeah. So I do miss science and I I love it. And when I could bring it in, I would mm. try and wrap it up. And sometimes um, it has to it has to be told in such a way, yeah. certainly for breakfast, that people can just go, oh, got it. Yeah, or, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. That's why you always hear stories about dinosaurs and space because <laughs> – it's they easy are, to communicate. Easy to communicate. We get an understanding of it. Uh, okay. Not an understanding of it, but it's fascinating. fascinating Whereas yeah. there's some other topics that take a little bit more than five minutes to delve into okay. it to really uh, get a handle on. Okay. So I, I, I do really miss it and I uh, would dearly love I think that's what I really wanted to be when I was a young kid mm. was to be on one of those telly shows like Catalyst. The, oh. Now Catalyst, it was beyond 2000 or towards 2000 yes, when I was growing yes, up. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I would have just – and wow. perhaps that's still a possibility. Well, could would you write your own script – and then pitch that to someone? But maybe. Maybe I could just see if I could join the team. Yeah. Well, is there one currently? That's There's Catalyst and they do little they, they do an excellent science okay. program on the ABC. I think okay. it's still going. Maybe yeah, I think it still is. Still going. Well, I mean, I see this is what I think, because you work in the ABC radio and ABC TV, you could cross pollinate easily, or is that not an easy There is. And in in in, uh, in our newsroom here in Canberra, mm. there is lovely cross pollination because okay. they will give us stories down that will um great for news and yes. television and online social yeah. and then the story can also be given a little bit more on radio um, and then conversely we send stuff up to them and they say oh actually this is great okay. we've found a good story yes. or a good uh, line to follow okay. here so there's a lot of crossover just within local news and radio we don't have a production department we used to at ABC local in, in Canberra but we don't have oh. a sort of um a, a bigger studio mm, mm, other than mm. just news. But in terms of career, can you cross-pollinate easily? I, I, mean, I wonder. I've just I've done a few news stories recently and it's a different beast. My is goodness. It, yeah. Just in terms of uh, – it's a lot of uh, – I found, this is just from my – and probably because I wasn't used to doing it in a mm. very time – uh, it took me a lot of time intent, 
time intensive, I will say, because <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. But um, for a couple of minutes of television, it took hours and hours and hours and hours of, oh, of labour. Okay. Time from from um, people on the camera, camera people, uh, scripters, cross-checkers, editors. Right, right. Okay. Putting it to air. I probably used every single wrong term there. You can tell I'm not a television person. <laughs> but that was amazing. Beautiful product at the end. Okay. Um, but I'm, radio is so instant and the audience is so um, alive. They're right there. They're, they're right listening. there with you, yeah. They're in the journey Yeah, they you. really are. You, mm. you connect to that one human heart through a microphone wow. and you, they might be – just waking up, having a cup of tea and just tuned into you. It's a really intimate, it's a really intimate medium or walking around the lake and you're the one, you're the one with them in there. You're their company in the car. Um, So there's a real connection there. And do you feel that when you're on air? Like do you feel that connection to your audience? And that's when you you know you've got it right is when the audience talk back to you. They feel that they're joining you in a conversation. And every day I try to get it right and you you. When I started the job, um, someone I just totally, you know, there's always great career mentors. Um, But he he said to me, um, you are like the conductor of this incredible orchestra. You've just got to conduct them so that they play the most wonderful music. And I went, oh, of course, it's exactly. But getting it right Mm. is a real craft and art. And when you get it right, oh, my goodness, the audience is so smart and so funny and so kind and thoughtful, but also cutting. You know, you can just bring out every little bit of every section, the string section to the percussion to whatever you've got. They all play, Mm. Um, but you've got to really work at getting it right, getting the right question. Um, knowing what people are really going on in their heads, what what they're thinking of, um, and how do you get determined that? How do you get determined getting it right? So it's by thinking of what are people thinking inside their head to asking the right question, is that something that you guys discuss pre-production, pre-going on air? Is that something that you sit with yourself with? How do you get to that like that that nice tone of questioning, of listening, of understanding? Listening first, listening to your guest uh, if it's an interview just fantastic. Um, often the next best question is the one that you have just heard yeah. uh, f- from just yeah. listening yeah. rather than having your notes written mm. down. Um, great uh, team, okay. a great producer, presenter, and you will just quickly go, oh, what is the crux of this? Okay. And you'll, a few things might fall out and you'll go, that's it. Because mm. you'll know other, other people will talk about it. Okay. Um, and just being out and about and, and hearing what people are talking about and okay. you just get a little bit of a sense. Right. Oh, there's right. something in that. I'll okay. just write that down I and see. see. But then you have to pitch it or phrase it so perfectly yes. on the radio yeah, so okay. people go, oh, I want to join in. Okay. You know you've been there. Yeah, yeah. Listening yeah, yeah, and you yeah. go, oh, I want to I want to tell some, I've got a story about this yeah, or I want to yeah, participate. Yeah. yeah. Did you get a lot, did you get any training in copywriting or writing in, in for, for being on air? Little tiny bits okay. and that was, it's a skill, it's a real skill yeah. again. Getting uh, across, sounding like yourself, but being scripted. Yeah, not not garbling. And so often I will go in and I'll just garble because I haven't got my thoughts. Or sometimes the producer will write down a yeah. lovely script in okay. in my in exactly as I'd say, say it in it. prose. Wow! And I just think, oh, that is spot on. I haven't had to think about it. Wow! It all just comes out as exactly Amazing. as I'd like it to sound. Amazing. When you 
when you are in a present, presenting role, when you and you keep talking a lot about how great or how what an intimate relationship you have to have with the producer, what would one need to look for in a producer to know that they are going to be a support to the presenter or vice versa? I think, yeah, first of all, organisation, mm-hmm. connection to the community, okay. a connection, just, just an interest in what's going on. They almost have to have a super sleuth eye for detail, like just go, oh, yeah. okay, to look at a report, like so many reports come out yeah. and just to look at that report and say, that's interesting. Wonder what's behind that. Okay. Um, so just having that eye for detail, having a, a warmth and openness to mm-hmm. invite people in and to make them feel comfortable that okay. they will want to do an interview with you um, and share their story. Because so often people think, oh, the media. Yeah. I don't want to talk <laughs> yeah. or it's going to be terrifying. But just encouraging yeah. people um, and also honouring them when they do come in okay. and to share it because it's a it's a a big moment in someone's yeah uh, day, day or, yeah, yeah, or week, week or life. Yeah. You know, mm, I still absolutely. remember, you know, all those first early interviews. Of course, yeah. Um, so all, all of that. But just organised and just a really good connection because the producer is the connector to the outside world for the yeah. presenter. So I'm looking yeah. through the glass. They know what's going on. They're talking to listeners. Okay. They get a sense of what it is. So just being able to be very succinct and communicate and okay. fun as well for me. I, I yeah. love – uh, energy in the morning. They have to bring me up. Okay. So it's, I can bring everybody else up. No, and I think what your your dynamic in the studio for Breakfast News is going really well for you because it's bringing out who you are and you're really being able to have an alignment with them. If someone's listening to this, Lish, and thinking, you know, I've been in my career for a little while and I just like to pivot like Lish has done. And I know one of the things, ingredients that you've been demonstrating is you've just been open to opportunity. You've been scared, but you just go for it. Is there any way that you're that now being in the media, what, how would you suggest for someone who has had a career and is looking to be going into broadcasting? What would you say that in your experience, in what you've seen, how they would go about getting into it? And it's the, But it's the second career. It's not like they're a cadet and they're a graduate, right? And you know? I think a second career is fabulous for mm. someone. if they Whatever they bring, all that life experience yes. and the contacts yeah. and the context within that. Um, so I would, I would say – Absolutely, mm. give it a go. Think, uh, think. Um, also, not straight on air because that's okay. the that's the thing. I think the on air presenting people go. Oh, that's the most delicious, glamorous yeah. bit of it. Yeah. Um, and for many it is, but I think production is such a wonderful way in as well because often a great producer will also not just do all the back end and um, you know physically make the present sound fabulous but they will also go out and do live crosses or make radio packages make all this beautiful sound as well so you've got to have this craft added so you can learn it Mm -hmm. in the in the production role and then do little bits of um on-air stuff and slowly come in because I don't think um then that's the way to to get in and then you build up uh, trust within the organization learn the skills see listen that's the other thing just listen to mm. other great presenters that you really... Your attention, please. Your attention, please. Testing of the fire and evacuation system I am is so... Complete. Oh, it's complete. It's complete. To all further time. This is Thank terrible. No, that's, that's just complete there now. I'm oh, so sorry. No, 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 it's totally fine. I could just have to make a... It's okay, finished. That, yeah, yeah, that's sorry, all good. Thank you. Uh, so so to, to listen to other radio stations, always just listen. If you want to get into broadcast yeah, radio, yeah. Uh, listen to other radio stations and see what they do and um, go in knowing 
uh, how other places work. Okay. And then just, yeah, just – and again, it's uh, you might need to take a pay cut as well. And I think that's you, the thing. Yeah, you were saying that. Now, I'm pretty surprised about that. Yeah, it, it yeah, I haven't chased the money in my career. Um, I'm pretty cheap to run. <laughs> I live on a lot of lentils and I buy a lot of uh, – I love a special. <laughs> hey, you're doing science. So it's all about recycling, upcycling. I do. I, I live like that. So this is exactly yeah. – um, I'm not a huge consumer. So I, I, I am a bit cheap to run uh, or a bit cheap. <laughs> Not sure. Uh, so, so I I haven't chased the big dog. I'm certainly comfortable, but but it, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's not. Um, you probably could earn more money mm-hmm. in a. This might come back to bite me, but in a more boring in a boring job. Yes, okay. in a job that's okay. not as exciting and dynamic and fun and okay. engaging and uh, so you're sacrificing. Flies. You're <laughs> sacrificing that for the money. You're sacrificing the dynamism, the the just the thrill of something of a job. For an extra few dollars, or maybe a few hundred or thousands of dollars. Yeah, I don't know what it is, yeah. but I love it, and yeah. I, and it's certainly paid well. Absolutely, okay. this is. I am not crying poor, yes. but you could yeah. probably. I, I don't know. I really don't know what other people are paid mm. in other sort mm. of communications or. Yeah. yeah, but but also I haven't chased the money. I never look at the dollar figure. Wow. On the job description. Do you think that's a key to your? progression of have doing a science degree to being ending up, ending up as a broadcaster is the fact that you didn't actually look at the dollar sign. You just looked at what pulled at your heartstrings. Uh, in a way, and I, it would have been nice probably, or maybe I would have gotten further if I'd looked at the dollar sign or, you oh. know, but uh, I, I always go for job satisfaction mm. uh, over everything else because I think if you are happy, if you love getting up in the morning and going to work and thinking this, working with wonderful people and meeting fabulous, um, you know, meeting fabulous folk, yeah, uh, affecting change in a way, yeah. and I think that's you know making someone's day, whatever it is, mm. and that's you know hands down the best, the best, best. If you can do that, and so you you see your future, so the future pacing yourself now. Where do you see yourself in five years from now? I don't know. I'd like to. St- I really don't know. No, okay. no. Uh, I, I probably haven't got this. Uh, I've still got a lot of craft to learn mm. where oh, I am. Still, wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Every day I get off air and go, oh, I couldn't have done that better. Oh, of course. Yes, that. Yes, or that, tomorrow yeah, I'll get yeah. that right. Or yeah. I, I love how they did that. Maybe I'll try that tomorrow. So okay. a lot of craft. And certainly because I've come from a science background, not a journalism background, I've got a lot of that sort of uh, that side of things to learn around. Okay. Which I think is brilliant, Leash, because uh, just to let listeners know that you came from a science background, not a journalist background, to get into broadcasting. I think that's key because people might think I have to go do journalism or do media, but that's not the, that's not the case no. at all. I think you have to be enthusiastic, energetic, okay. um, uh, motivated. Okay. And bring it just and, – and are really open to learning. Yeah. Nothing – you've got it all. I know how to do this. Yeah. No, so actually, that would oh. – not express too much self doubt. Okay, there's a lot of yeah. confidence required, yeah. and I think that's so often you see with broadcasters. You think, oh, this ego, look at it, it's <laughs> <laughs> taking up the whole desk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, all right. I, I don't know, I, 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 but I am lucky that I have had so much opportunity. Mm. You know what? I also think it's come down to, and this yeah. I, I put down from Questacon. I think I learned it at maybe school and yeah. then um, university. I've made cakes 
I don't know. This is the, I, I, there's not a direct correlation, but I've made cakes and bought them to events and morning teas, and I've been really yeah. n- nice and enthusiastic and positive. Sometimes I thought, well, I'll just make a cake, and I think I've got a lot of um, goodwill from really? the generosity at morning teas. <gasps> oh, I, I trust that. I trust that a hundred percent. I totally because that's networking. <laughs> it is. That is networking. I didn't know I was doing it at the time, but yes. actually, so many times I go, oh, actually, I'm just a really yeah. Uh, that's I'm, smart. That's unconscious. What you did was unconscious, but now you realise it. But that is so smart. But where would you go? Like with producers that need to see a source material, where do they go to network? Do they go to networking? To Women in Media is a fantastic, okay. a fantastic organisation and a place to learn. Um, I, I really, uh, I really don't because I fell into it so. Uh, luckily, yeah, well, I would just probably go and knock on a few doors okay. or talk to people, go and line up a coffee with people who are doing it and go, mm. I wonder, because it's surprising mm. how networking works. Yeah. You just sort of go, oh, okay, I'll meet you and see if there's any openings or yes. if I can come and do a, a couple of days of sitting behind a program and seeing if it might be for me okay. or are you looking for anyone at the moment? I've got a little bit of time. The casualisation of the workforce means that um, at the at the ABC certainly um, people fall sick and you suddenly there's no one <laughs> to produce and, uh, you know, quickly ring on the blower which producers are available and yeah. if you're available to come in at short notice. Oh, okay. Heaven. Okay, it's like bringing cake in. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Better than cake. That's right. And th- in that case, the you know the producer will come in and they'll bring all their stories and things okay. that they've noticed and do a great job. But okay. then you know go home at the end of the day. So there's always there's always little sort of uh, ways to discover a new career. I think. Nice. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lish. This has been really refreshing. I'm going to just wrap it up because I know you have to rock and roll because you've been up since. 3.30 a.m. in the morning and this is probably, I think, your last your last appointment for the day before you go home? Uh, no, because I've got a tradesperson coming oh, to okay. the house. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Last that, is really, that is really absolutely fine because I it'll take me a while. It takes me a while to sort of debrief. Yes. I'll just go back and uh, potter around in the garden and feed the chooks. Oh, you got chooks? Oh, my God. <laughs> talk oh, to the chooks. You must have mice then. If you've got chooks, you must oh, have mice. Probably. They probably happen in yep. the early hours oh. of the morning as well. <laughs> Sorry, so, neighbours. <laughs> I want to just end with a rapid fire round and first answer is the right answer. Okay? Hands on buzzers. Okay, hands on buzzers. Okay, you ready? Texting or talking? Talking. Oh, oh really? Oh, jeez, Louise. Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who wants to study science? Oh, it's the best career. What an adventure. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Quench the curiosity. Okay. And give it a go. Like the paths that you can take with a career in science are limitless. Wow. Whether you're in a lab or discovering new things and you can just make such a difference. Your kids are so lucky to have you. You're so like, oh. <laughs> Where would you go if you were invisible-ish? Oh. Home. Okay. <laughs> Honest I'm the least exciting person. Honest answer. What do you believe that others think is crazy? That's a good question. Hmm. I think there probably is life, life out there. Like in the planets. In the planets. Okay. Oh my God, I can't believe that we are 
alone. We this has all happened, mm. and we are the only. Yeah. Look at us. I mean, look at us. We're yeah. aliens. Yes, like literally, yeah. if you had to draw, if like, look at us, <laughs> appendages and eyeballs and hair. Amazing. Look at us. I mean, surely, surely, this yeah. is not. This is not luck and chance. This is not a one-off. No, no. Wow. Okay. Anyway, but maybe people t- disagree. Okay. It's not scientifically <laughs> proven yet either. If you weren't a broadcaster right now, what would you be doing? I think um, either I'd love to garden, horticulture, horticulture, spending time out there pottering, uh, or baking. Novelty cakes. Oh my goodness! You and cakes. That's amazing. Exploding cakes. Exploding not, cakes. Not uh, not professionally iced cakes. Okay. But very Exploding funny cakes. cakes. I love it. And then last question: Is there any question that I haven't asked you that you could contribute towards women and changing careers post their first one? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I've just gone through menopause, oh, okay. and this is the thing. Okay. Okay. And there's a lot of doubt planted right. in your mind when you go through all of this, certainly waking every hour. Um, (laughs) And so I think in mid-career, in that, Mm. that, um, if you think a change, Mm. uh, it might be a a perfect time, you know, around menopause because you you think, oh, God, what what am I going to do now? Actually, can we just cut that bit? I'm going to change that. Stop. (laughs) It's got to be. be. I'm just trying to work it out. No Um, worries. Because you go through, I'll, I'll say it. I'm just going through menopause, and yeah. I tell you what, life changing. Um, not good, not 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 really tough, but I think for a lot of women uh, who've just gone through that, they go through this sort of doubt, mm. so much doubt. You think I can't hold anything in my head. Um, you know, losing right. a lot of energy. Okay. I'm not as smart as I was. I'm not as sharp as I was. I forget things midstream, so therefore I'm not as good as I was. I'm not yeah. um, competent and capable. Uh, but I would say that's either the time to then go really knuckle down and run towards it mm. and go, no, I am actually as good as I ever was mm. and I've got more to offer because, you know, look at I'm at the peak of my career and, mm. you know, just happens to have happened at the same time as, you know, all this other stuff. But also it might be a perfect opportunity and a time to, to shift careers anyway. Okay. If you can, I think I've been really lucky uh, in terms of just um, things – falling into place. Mm. Luck and chance has mm. played a big part, but also I think attitude mm. as well, just going, yeah. oh, yeah, if this doesn't work out, then something else will yeah. happen. I'll, you know, I, I've also, you know, worked in some pretty uh, pretty manual jobs manual as well jobs, yeah. to get through. And exploding cakes has helped you in your career. Oh, definitely. Funnily enough. But that's too, I'm, I'm saying it facetiously, but it's true. Career. Yeah. Um, just cakes, um, love. Cakes. Okay. Um, and so who knows where those cakes will take me next. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Lisha, for joining us. You've been Lovely amazing. Lovely to meet you, Rita. You're amazing. Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs>